Today's episode is in memory of my younger brother, Lucas Sawyer. He would have been 28 years old on May 23rd, 2023. Today's episode is also in memory of all those we have loved and have lost. So you've got me again today and things are going to get heavy because we're going to talk about loss and we're going to talk about grief, but we're also going to talk about getting through it because I can do hard things and you can do hard things. But before we get into this episode, I want to give a quick trigger warning for the topic of suicide and additionally call out that I am not a mental health professional. And if you are experiencing suicidal thoughts, please seek the help of a licensed medical professional. Welcome to Rise and Come Alive, a community for Christian businesswomen. This is our place to connect. Together, we'll explore stories of incredible individuality, authentic femininity, and bold revival. I'm Lauren Sawyer, and as my mom would say, I'm your hostess with the mostess. Here's your invitation to open your mind and heart to new words or ideas. Join me on this journey where we'll learn and support each other. It's time to celebrate living vibrant lives of faith. So we're going to talk about getting through those dark times, but I also want to talk about being the person that helps someone get through the dark times. Because when you're going through it, it's not the time to have to even worry about how you're going to help someone else get through such a hard time. But all those learnings, learning about your true strength, are going to come in handy when someone else needs it the most, too. I think about this quote a lot from Jamie Tarkovsky. It's in his book, If You Feel Too Much. He founded To Write Love on Her Arms, which is a mental health nonprofit. And I really love this quote. It says, You'll need coffee shops and sunsets and road trips, airplanes and passports and new songs and old songs, but people more than anything else. You will need other people and you will need to be that other person to someone else, a living, breathing, screaming invitation to believe better things. So I want to talk about what helped me get through this. Because it reminds me of my brother, Lucas. So his birthday would have been Tuesday, May 23rd. He would have been 28 years old. But Lucas died by suicide in January of 2016. And that fact is something that has weighed me down in a lot of ways for years, years and years since that's happened. Um dreading the moment where I'm on a date and someone says, oh, do you have any siblings? And I have to decide if I mention Lucas. When I meet new friends, I have to keep track of who knows the big secret, right? And it shouldn't be looked at as a secret. There shouldn't be shame in our story, or at least I would hope that there wouldn't be. I told a colleague recently that the reason I started this podcast was because everyone has a story, but not everyone has a platform. So I can use my platform to tell their story. That would be my goal. And I've been waiting and hoping to do some more interviews very soon for you. 
But I think part of that is because I've been hiding and not wanting to tell my story. And so I think it's important to tell a little bit more of that today. So not to make light of it, but to bring it to the light, I'm going to talk about the worst day of my life. It was snowing really hard in New York City. In fact, it was snowing so hard that the streets were shut down and I was staying with a friend and a friend of a friend. They went out to go sledding after I found out my brother was missing. Given my journalistic background, I created a social media campaign that actually, praise God, went viral very quickly to find him. And we did, but it was too late. And at that point, my world changed forever. And I knew someone who had lost his sister to suicide. I knew that because he was brave enough to share his story. So I made a call and I said, what do I do? What's going to happen from here? And he said, people are going to say a lot of really messed up things to you. Like, everything happens for a reason. And I did come to hate that. Because I don't think that that is necessarily true. Um, Losing someone like that, I think, uh, changes your opinion on that statement. He also, I'm pretty sure somebody did this along the way for me at least, prepared me for the fact that when you lose a sibling, most people will address the loss by how are your parents? And of course, I care deeply about how my parents were doing and I'm so grateful for all the people that supported them. We all needed it, but it was difficult that before someone said, how are you? Often it would be, how are your parents? Siblings get lost a little bit. But there were so many people who remembered me. And even what I would call the darkest day of my life, I've always tried to have a habit of thinking about what I'm grateful before I go to bed every night. And I remember on a lot of nights being like, "Mm, not going to be anything, don't want to be grateful. But there was always something. There were friends from my media fellowship, the IRTS, that sent me flowers. I still don't know exactly who they're from, but they were beautiful. They made me feel so much better to know that I was thought of, me individually. There were friends who offered a mass in memory of my brother. There were friends who traveled to come into the wake. People who sent texts when they didn't really know what to say. People who took me out to lunch, even though I would have rather stayed in bed all day, but helped me get up, helped me get back to life. And one of the most amazing, beautiful things happened too, that even my brother's friends reached out to me, past coworkers reached out to me. I, I became best friends with one of my longtime friends that I had lost, tr- lost touch with because it was an opportunity to reconnect. I linked into my faith. It was a it was a huge defining moment in my faith where I just knew I couldn't carry grief alone. You know, I, I resolved to go to church. I ended up taking a job with the church. It was with um, an organization called Catholic Heart Work Camp. And to this day, I still think a lot about what I wrote in my application because it was a few weeks after my brother passed away. I mentioned that this had happened. And then I still remember I wrote the words, but I'm not broken. <laughs> And I just think, 
honestly all the time about how that was one of the greatest lies I ever told, the greatest untruths. I, I was being so dishonest to my situation, but I don't know if I knew it at the time. I think, I think maybe I was just numb. I think maybe I didn't want to accept it, but of course I was broken. I was so broken. I mean, when it comes to someone dying by suicide, there's a lot, a lot of pain there because you blame yourself and you wonder why. But here's the thing, that question can't be answered. If you've lost someone in that way, I would encourage you to open your heart to the tender love of God that he has for you, to heal the space in your heart that says you could have done more. Because as hard as it is, we can only control our own actions and lives. And so while it's a beautiful thing to be there for your friends and your family, you can't make decisions for someone else. You can't control what they do. You can only love them. So at the beginning, healing looked like hosting people at my parents' house, making jokes even when I didn't feel like it. I think that I think there was a little healing in that. Just refusing to give up. I went back to work and that gave me a semblance of normalcy. It reminded me of what I still had to offer to the world. And when I had to cover a story of someone going missing, it reminded me how strong I am when I was able to get through that. Although thankfully one of my executive producers asked if I was doing all right. It still means a lot to me. There's a lot of good even in the little moments. And then healing looked like a lot of crying. <laughs> a lot of crying at um, adoration and mass. What was mixed in there, I think, was a lot of anger and misunderstanding and upset. I was trying to be in control of my emotions, but I was also mad that my life got turned upside down, that I had to adjust to a new way of living, that I had to be this girl who carried this thing. And then I moved to New York and I threw myself into a social life. So outside of work, I joined a professional society. I became the co-chair of communications on the board. I went to all kinds of networking events. I went to dinners and brunches left and right. And it was really fun. And I did make some good friends along the way in the early days. But it also felt kind of empty. And I started having all these moments, these mornings where I couldn't really get up. My alarm would go off and I was just frozen. It finally came to the point where my boss said something about me being regularly late. Granted, I was late by five to ten minutes. And I remember being so mad because I was like, you don't know that this is me doing my absolute best. I was like, it is a miracle I'm getting out of bed the way I feel. But it was also weird because I refused to, I refused to acknowledge that something was wrong. So that's part of why I'm telling this story is because if that's happened to you, I want there to be a red flag that starts to wave and neon, the red neon light that goes off that says, oh yeah, this isn't normal. Maybe I should talk to someone. So I went to therapy. That was not as easy as it sounds because it was really hard to find someone that I could afford. And then even then that counselor didn't necessarily always help. Sometimes it hurt. So the little nugget in there would be if something feels off with someone you're talking to, you don't necessarily feel comfortable. It's okay to change counselors, walk away. Even if they question your decision, you're in control of you and you can do what's best for you. And then I went to a retreat with young adults and I remember knowing I was broken 
on this retreat. <laughs> like, that's why I went. I was like, God, I hope you show up at this retreat. Like, please, please be there. Please do something. Please make a change in my life. That was probably, oh, 2018. It was interesting because what he did was he pointed out people to me and said, be their friend. I never met these people, but I just knew that I should be their friend. And I said, God, I really need this retreat about stillness. I just need this time to focus on how you're there, how you fight for us. We need only be still. He said, yeah, you're going to do it. And I was really upset. (laughs) I was like, I am so broken. I'm so sad. I don't have it in me. Why would you ask me to do this? And it's funny because I'm, you know, thinking of Moses and how uh, God came to him and said, yeah, you're going to free my people. And he was like, "Uh, I'm not the man for the job. God's like, yeah, you are. But I'm going to give you Aaron and he's going to help you. So what does God do with our brokenness? He promises to be with us. He promises to send us people. God sends us good people. And if God hasn't sent you good people, I hope you find them through this community because, man, they're out there. And we deserve to know each other and love each other. But so I'm I'm sitting there in this retreat center on Long Island and praying and, you know, a mess, but trying to hide it. And I keep thinking about the fact that like, oh, I'm supposed to put on this retreat. And since that time, I've come to know this quote from St. Therese of Lisieux that says, Jesus gives me at every moment what I am able to bear and nothing more. And if in the next moment he increases my suffering, he also increases my strength. And I don't think that God wanted me to have to bear the loss of my brother, but he certainly increase my strength. And so I came out of that time in 2018 when I felt like I was stuck and things weren't going to get better. And I started meeting really good friends at church. We put together a retreat. It was in March of 2019. Fame was stillness. And I remember walking around the retreat house just in awe at what God did and how he worked through us. There were 40 people there. They told me the stories of how Different things we had said or done brought them there. And I was like, wasn't me. It was God. There's a couple who met there that are getting married. Thanks be to God. There are people who formed, you know, lifelong friendships. There are people who formed new habits of prayer. It was really amazing. God did that through a lot of brokenness. I didn't say, sign me up. I'm ready. I said, oh, God, I need you. And he said, yeah, you got me. When things got dark again in 2020, because we know why, (laughs) we were all there. I remember just thinking about how, you know, Lucas believed I could, I could get out there and be stronger. You know, I wish I had been closer with my brother. Part of what made his loss so heartbreaking to me was that I told myself I would have a lifetime to be closer. And that was taken away from me. But one memory I have that's very clear is when he got back from boot camp. Lucas was in the Marine Reserves. I remember making a joke about how I could never do all these things he did. 
And let's be honest, I still can't. I get through boot camp. I really, really wouldn't want to. <laughs> and I remember him being like, yes, you can. And I don't remember the exact quote, but I just remember his direct and earnest belief that if I really tried, I could do that too. And I really needed to see someone. I really needed to get some movement in my life. I was, you know, quarantined in an apartment without leaving for basically a week at a time because I was really scared of getting COVID before the vaccine. And, you know, make of that what you will. That was my life in a apartment with not a lot of natural light. So living for days at a time inside an apartment with like no light, barely moving around, not seeing anyone in person, not, not great for mental health, really not great. I knew I had to do something. So it was interesting when I was praying, I was starting to pray a lot more and that was helping me get through. I was praying a daily rosary and divine mercy chaplet, which God bless Jonathan Rumi, who plays Jesus in the chosen, because he was doing that on a live stream on Instagram and a website. And so it gave me something to do. It gave me a sense of community to pray along with him. And I learned those prayers like I hadn't before. Yes, I was born Catholic, but I didn't grow up knowing the divine mercy chaplet and the rosary. So that's really where I was able to learn that and develop, again, a new habit of prayer and find peace among a lot of craziness. While I was praying the rosary, I kept thinking, I need to call Danelle. And I'm like, well, that's not a coincidence that this is what I'm thinking about when I'm praying. And for those of you who have known me in the last few years, Danelle is my personal trainer. So shout out to Danelle. And we've now seen each other for 139 almost consecutive weeks of working out together. It's just incredible to me because I was the girl who was always picked last in PE to be on someone's team or second to last if we're being a little generous depending on the day. People made fun of me all the time for not being in great shape. I liked sports. I played soccer, but I did it for fun. I was the girl who finished the mile run last. And in Lucas's memory, I actually... Um, signed up with the Tragedy Assistance Program for Survivors TAPS, um, a trip in his memory to go to Alaska. And I was and I ran a 5K after doing working for Catholic Heart. So I hadn't trained at all. I was in my same completely out of shape self. And I did that for Lucas because he believed I could. And but let me tell you, I didn't run that 5K. <laughs> I like kind of ran a little, walked a little, fast walked, but I got through it. I did. And I was really proud of myself for that. And I met a lot of other people who were survivors like me who lost a sibling. And then I hadn't really got into true exercise after that, but it was it really stuck with me that I wanted to be able to run a 5K. So I started working out with Danelle. I found out that yeah. I can do it. One thing one thing we say often to each other is you can do hard things. Danelle also coaches some children who do gymnastics. And I, I love the little quotes and anecdotes with them because I just think we have so much to learn from children and their purity of existence, of being willing to say when they don't want to do something and just that stubbornness or freeness to play. And one thing that comes up a lot is just, you can do hard things. And I'm like, yeah, kids need to hear it. Adults need to hear it. And the days that I'm the most proud of are when I really, with every fiber in my being, did not want to work out. And I showed up and did it anyway. And I'm not saying like, you should torture yourself with exercise. I'm saying, for example, on the last day of my first job in New York City, 
that are, there were a million emotions. I was so excited for a new job, but it was also the crazy closing of a huge chapter in my life. And I showed up and I worked out and I about broke into tears because I just had so much emotion to process and I wasn't numb. I couldn't be numb when I'm moving and I'm engaged, I'm in touch with my body and I've gotten so much stronger. And in my last workout, I even, I do this, I still do this. It's an old habit of mine. I watched Chanel do a move and I was like, this is going to be so hard for me. I can't do that. And then I did it and I was like, yeah, that wasn't so terrible. And we both had a nice little laugh about it. And so I think what's really great about physical exercise, and I think it's such a gift that Lucas left for me, is there's so much connection between our mental health and our physical health. And time and time again, when I think that's it, I don't have anything left in me. I can't do this. It hurts. It's hard. I don't want to. I'm like, but how much time do I have left? It's 15 seconds. It's 20 seconds. It's 30 seconds. It's two reps. It's three reps. I do them. I do it. I finish. And it's usually not pretty. Like no one's signing me up to be on the cover of Shake Magazine, you know? No one's gonna make an Instagram tutorial of how I'm doing my workouts. But it's teaching me that I am stronger than I thought I was. I can keep going and you can keep going too. And you're not gonna make it to another side, right? Here's another crazy saying people say, time heals all wounds. It doesn't. And I don't think it has to. I really, really love an interview that I'll link for you in the description with Andrew Garfield on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. And he's talking about the loss of his mom. And he gets choked up about it. But he said that he's grateful. He's grateful for the pain. He goes, the grief will remain with us until we pass because we never get enough time with each other. So I hope this grief stays with me because it's all the unexpressed love I didn't get to tell her. And I think, yet again, that's a beautiful way to find gratitude and pain and grief. And when you find yourself in that stage where you can think about loss without reliving the trauma, you could tell the story of who that person was. That's what they taught us at TAPS. Then that's when you know you're ready to be that light to someone else. So now rather than just telling you the story of how I lost Lucas, I can tell you the story of how he lived. He lived with humor. He loved Mel Brooks movies. He loved pranks with his friends. He loved his white pickup truck for my grandpa, my grandpa Fred. He loved Coca-Cola. He loved running to Walmart. I don't know why. (laughs) I ran into it. I pretty much only saw him in our college town when we ran into each other at Walmart. He loved polar bears. He loved camping. He loved the outdoors. He was an Eagle Scout. Lucas was a natural born leader. People looked up to him. He wasn't much of a talker, but he would show you love in his actions. Um, He drove two hours out to my college town to pack me up my junior year from college when I really, really underestimated how much stuff I have and it didn't fit in my Chrysler Sebring. He brought the pickup and it's still hard. Maybe it's hard for you to listen to me having a hard time saying it. And it's 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 a little raw today. But I can tell you that story and be grateful for it. And the story that I'll leave you with seems kind of inconsequential, but I've always really loved it. My mom told me that when he was in kindergarten, 
he would always be the last one to leave the school. All the little kids shuffle out into minivans, get buckled and go. But here's Kathy Sawyer still in the pickup line. So one day she went in to investigate what the heck was going on. And Lucas was stopping to give a hug to every single one of the teachers in the hall as he left. So I remember Lucas the Eagle Scout. I remember Lucas the Marine. I remember Lucas the Electrician, the Mechanic. But most of all, I remember Lucas as my little brother, who I love. And in his memory, and in the memory of all those we have loved and lost, I would encourage you. I would encourage you to, in someone's darkest day, maybe help them rise and come alive, if you will, come alive again after that loss. And commit to doing something to remember their loved one. It doesn't have to be a giant donation. It could be a prayer. It could be one prayer. If that's what you've got in you, it could be one prayer. And that will still matter. Because let me tell you, I remember the bad things. But I still remember the cards I got in the mail. The calls that I received even from people I hadn't heard of, heard from in years, and I never heard from again. And it's okay. It's okay. But please remember that in love and in compassion, we can help make each other whole again. And one day, the pain and the grief will turn into something else. And you can be a living, breathing, screaming invitation to believe better things. Well, fancy seeing you here. I love your dedication to listening to every second. So I've got an insider tip for you. Sign up for the email list with the link in the description and subscribe to Rise and Come Alive today. I'll drop surprise episodes and you will be the first to know. My way to say thank you.